Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as, as we continue the conversation about student ministry. There are a lot of things that we could talk about and a lot of things that are important to talk about. But last time and this time and then the next, we're talking about signs of a healthy student ministry. What we did was we looked at the first two on our last episode. We talked about being gospel-centered and being Bible-centric. Now, I know that those may sound very similar. They hold kind of the same mindset, but slightly different. Here's the the difference. When we talk about being gospel-centered, we talk about having that saving message of Jesus Christ at the heartbeat of all that we do and all that we are. The being Bible-centric is this idea that we are going to focus in on the Word of God. It's going to be our textbook as we look and we evaluate things and as we study. Well, we're continuing that series. Uh, Chris Vines is still on vacation with his kiddos. And so we're going to take today to talk about our episode two of our Signs of a Healthy Student Ministry series, and we're going to be talking about two things. We're going to be talking about being prayer-infused and relationship-driven, vital pieces of our student ministry. We can often get into the heat of the activity, I mean, because we all have it. We have different things that we're doing, things that we're trying to reach students at, events that we go to, concerts, and the list goes on. But what we need to do is to, to sit with the concepts that are at the foundation of our student ministry. I mentioned last time that if my children are growing, if they are getting bigger and taller and stronger over the years from 1 to 18, that's a good thing. And I can see that and it's a sign that they're healthy. Our student ministry has some visible signs, some things that that we need to make sure that they're a part of, that that's going on in our student ministries. And so that's what we're going to spend some time with today as we continue the series. But before we do that, I just want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, and inspiring. It's one of these places that you can send your students to and know that they're going to get a good education, but they're also going to have a focus on Christ and God's Word. Now, not every place is like that, and I'll be honest, CBC may not be for all of your students, But be sure that they know that that's an option out there, that there is a place where they can go and they can grow in their faith as they study all those other things that they need to face this challenging world. Have them check it out at cbc.edu. Again, that's cbc.edu. I know that the admissions team would be more than excited to hear from you and set up a time where you could visit and perhaps you could even bring your student to campus. But have them check it out again at cbc.edu. Well, as I mentioned, we're talking about the signs of a healthy student ministry. 
We've talked about being gospel-centered and Bible-centric. Well, the next thing that we want to look at is this idea of being prayer-infused. We know that there is great value in prayer. Jesus makes it clear that prayer is important. In Matthew 6, 19-13, he shows his disciples the importance of prayer by giving them a model that all should follow. My pastor recently shared in a message that being limited to prayer is not a limitation. There is great value and power in prayer. Our student ministries need the infusion of supernatural power that prayer can provide. If that hasn't been in the culture of your ministry, which many times it's not, we get focused in on activity, we get focused in on, on teaching, we get focused in on, on doing all these types of things. How do we start to make a change in this area of prayer? How do we become prayer-infused? What can you do to help your students embrace prayer? Well, I know as someone who's been studying church revitalization uh, recently and, and even in years past, that we're going to see growth in our student ministries and our churches if we pour prayer and we pour evangelism into those scenarios. It is vital that we spend some time thinking about prayer and evangelism. And we've talked about being gospel-centered already, but we need to think about being prayer infused. So how do we do that? How do we start making those changes? Well, number one, encourage prayer in your church body as a whole. It starts outside of the walls of your student ministry space. It starts with the the men and women who are involved in your congregation. You go to them, you ask them, pray for our students. Pray that God will help them grow, that they will help help them understand what they need to know and help them come to know Jesus in a deeper, more meaningful way. So we go to our body because remember, our student ministry is a piece of the church. They're not two separate things, your congregation and then your student ministry. Your student ministry is very much a ministry of that local congregation. So have your people go to to your Christian seniors meetings, have them pray for your students. Go to the Sunday school classes, visit them, say, hey, I need you praying for our students. Speak to those that are younger, that are older. Have them pray that God will bless the efforts of that student ministry. So number one, encourage prayer in your church body as a whole. And it doesn't just have to be about your student ministry, but just this atmosphere of prayer is going to be exemplified. And people are going to see that example, and those students are going to see that example, and it's going to it's, it's contagious. <laughs> As more people pray and make it a priority, it, more people will pray and make it a priority. Well, the second thing under prayer infused is this idea that make prayer a part of your weekly group meetings. Now, often when we meet with our students, we may go around and ask, hey, what do you need to pray about? And we close out a service like that and everybody shares. And then all of a sudden, somebody will say a closing prayer and God, please be with all of the prayer requests that were mentioned today. I mean, that's about the the extent of it. But there's a lot of things that aren't mentioned, that aren't brought up, because, well, some students might be afraid of ridicule. They might be afraid of um, making themselves vulnerable in those situations. So you have to get creative. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to our conversation with T.J. Lewis of Lake Church in Arlington. 
he starts each of his services with a time of prayer for those students. So one, it builds a greater community for them, but it also helps them understand that God is the one who is in control. And I'll try to put a link to that in our show notes. So make prayer a part of your weekly group meetings. But again, we're not done there. If we want to make our, our student ministry more prayer infused, we need to be praying for our students. You may think, well, I can't pray for all of them. I have 100 students. <laughs> yes, you can pray for them even if you have 100 students, but most of us don't. Most of the people listening to this podcast have youth groups that are maybe 50 and down. And you need to be praying for your students. Make it a part of that regular rhythm of prayer. Pray for a few each day. You don't have to pray for every single person in your group every single day, but make sure that they are being prayed for every week. And don't do it alone. Get your spouse, get your adult volunteers, those other people that are part of that ministry to pray for the students. And then make sure that the students know that they're being prayed for. Share that in a little postcard or a note or an email or a text. It doesn't have to be long. Just a simple, hey, I prayed for you today. And you can even start it out the way that our ministry assistant that we used to have, she would send out a message, hey, how can I pray for you today? And you can get those things. You can ask your students and pray for them that day. Number four, we need to enlist prayer partners within the congregation. Now, I've already mentioned getting the whole body to be praying, uh, to encourage prayer throughout, to make it a part of the, the atmosphere and the attitude and just the culture of your local body. But get specific people to pray for your students. You can take a list of your students to a Christian seniors meeting and say, hey, I need a prayer partner for this person, for this student, for this seventh grade girl who is going through this. And you find some widow woman who who loves to pray and wants to pray for her. And you get those those two connected and God is going to do great things. It's going to build your student ministry in a lot of ways, but knowing that this person is being prayed for, that's powerful, powerful thing. So enlist prayer partners within your congregation, and then utilize technology. Now, whether it's social media, email, text, there are opportunities available to us that, that weren't available to us when I started student ministry, for sure. Find the best way to connect with your students and have them praying for one another. You know, if it's a, if it's a list, if it is a... Um, active thing that you have out there where they can see what they need to pray for, or if it's simple reminders, hey, you need to be praying for one another. Spend the time, pray for one another, and have your students doing that. It's a powerful, powerful thing when prayer is a vital part of our student ministries. And so we have to embrace that. We have to think about it. We have to have a prayer ministry Within our church and within our student ministry, we want it to be prayer-infused. Well, again, I mentioned that we're going to talk about two things. We're talking about being prayer-infused, and then we're also talking about being relationship-driven. As we talk about our student ministry and we want to make sure that it's healthy, we need to understand that it's, it's more than just the three things that we've talked about so far. It's more than being gospel-centered, more than being Bible-centric, more than being prayer-infused, and those are all incredibly important things. But this next one is vital as well. We need to be relationship-driven. 
Now, a few weeks ago, we interviewed Stephen Carroll and and talked about some things ministry-wise and talked about his struggles that he's enduring as he um, battles cancer. But one of the things that he talked about and that he focused in on was this idea of being relationship-driven with your students. Invest in those relationships. It's not about having the, the biggest activities, the biggest fun, all the things. And and as Stephen mentioned, he likes having the fun and he liked having all of those things, but he knew that the relationships were vital. So it's important for us to understand that, that being relationship driven is at the heartbeat of student ministry. In John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus shared about the power of relationships. He stated, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples. And if you love one another, our love for one another will let the whole world know that we're followers of Jesus. And so not only does it impact what's going on within the walls of your student ministry and within the walls of the church, but people outside of that see that. The, the efforts that you make to go to an event for your student to show that you love them, that you care about them that you're trying to build that relationship. Guess what? Their friends see that. Who's, who is that old dude? That's usually what I get. Who is that old dude with a beard um, sitting close to your parents or, you know, d- that came up to you afterwards and said good job or, you know, whatever the, the remarks might be. But they see that. They see that relationship. You know, our relational mindset serves two purposes. Remember, it's an evangelistic endeavor as our love shows the world Jesus It's also a prioritization of relationship um, as we show students that we care about them and invest in their lives. And you've heard this before. It's nothing new, but people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So relationship is important. But how do we make that happen? What do we do to ensure that our students know that we care about them, that, that we are making relationship a priority in that process? Well, there are a number of things. I've got three uh, here to share with you in these moments. Number one, pray for your students. And we've just talked about prayer and how prayer is to be a vital part of our student ministries that we have a prayer-infused student ministry. But let me remind you, you need to be praying for your students. You need your group leaders, if you have small groups, if you're working in that, that arena, Um, have them pray for their students. And then you pray for your students and pray for your leaders. We have to make prayer a priority. It's just vital. Number two, ask students great questions. You know, we have a tendency to ask students the same questions. How's school? How's your week? How's your work? Uh, We fall into a similar pattern with adults as well, but but they're used to small talk. Your students are looking for real and for authentic relationships. Get creative and ask fun as as well as deeper questions. What was your favorite lunch at school this week? What was the craziest video you've seen? Uh, What do you dread about this upcoming week? Is there a teacher that you're struggling with this year? You get the idea. Think outside the box and move beyond the cliche, ask your students great questions. And if you're still struggling to figure out what to do, let me encourage you to check out something. It's called axis.org. We've mentioned it on the podcast before, axis.org. You can sign up for the culture translator email. 
And that's a great email that's going to keep you updated on what's happening in student culture. Um, Each week, they share three or four different items that you need to take a look at. Now, the cool thing is that they also have a couple of podcasts. One is just an audio version of that email. And so that you can listen to that email, perhaps you you don't want to spend time to read it, or your email box is just full of stuff like mine is. Uh, But then they also have what's called their roundtable, where they take those concepts, and then they talk about them, and then they get to a point in in this um, podcast where they say, okay, so what are some questions that you could talk to your students? Now, specifically, this is geared towards parents, but man, I've found so many applications as student ministry workers because it just keeps you up to date. And as a 50-year-old family pastor who works with students, I need some help in that process. There are just so many things. My kids are now graduate. They've graduated high school. They are moved on to college. One is married and is out of college. And and so as the world continues on, I need that little piece of extra information. So check it out at axis.org. They have a lot of different things and ways that can help you as you try to keep up with this ever-changing culture. So we mentioned a couple of things to be relationship driven in your process. Pray for your students, ask students great questions. I have a third thing. It's that connect and communicate with your students throughout the week. You may think, well, that's obvious, but are we doing that? Are you taking the time to send a text or use a messaging app of some sort? It's easy. I mean, it is really easy for us to reach out to them to see how their week is going. And if you have a smaller youth group in the course of a month, you can personally contact every single student throughout that month. 30 days, 30 students, boom, you've got them all covered and you've contacted them at least once. So that should be the bare minimum. Uh, But take time to connect and communicate with them. You can do that through, again, phone calls, emails, text, uh, direct messages, through social media. They're all options. The trick is to find out a way that your students communicate and then use that. You may have students that play online video games. You may find avenues there, but just be intentional in the process. Connecting with students at their activities, such as band concerts and sporting events, are another way that that most of us are familiar with. We get it. It's like, okay, I know he's in band. I know there's a concert coming up. You've got to ask. They rarely will tell you, the students, and then sometimes it's hard to get that out of the parents as well. But it's important that we build relationships. Now, one thing I want to make very clear, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I know I have. You don't have to be the super cool guy to be a great youth pastor. That is definitely a mantra that I've lived by because they don't come any more nerdy than me. I have found success with students in building relationships and enlisting like-minded volunteers. It isn't about the excitement. Ultimately, it's about the relationship because we all want to be connected. We all want to be loved. We want to find our people. And your people, your students have been placed there for a reason, for a purpose. God has them there so that you will care for them, that you can show them love and make sure that they know that Jesus loves them. So, We've covered two more things in our quest to understand five signs of a healthy student ministry. 
today we've talked about being prayer infused and relationship driven. Last time we talked about being gospel centered and Bible centric. We're going to wrap up next time as we look at these five signs of a healthy student ministry and as we move forward. Because it is just vital that we take time to evaluate, to look at where we're at, what's going on, and how we can take a few minutes and make our student ministry better. Because in the end, it's, it's about that. It's about making it the best place, the most God-honoring place that we can, and the most God-honoring means to impacting the next generation for Jesus Christ. But why do we do all these things? Well, we do them all. Because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.